I V M. Hi, welcome to a show about crypto with me, Rohan Joshi. And today we're talking about three letters that every crypto conversation seems to come to, which is NFT. And to talk to us about NFTs, I have with me somebody who is extremely knowledgeable on the subject. I have with me Kavita Gupta, who is a founder at FinTech TV and Delta Blockchain Fund. She is also a visiting scholar at Stanford and the ex-founding managing partner at Consensus Ventures. That is a mouthful, but Kavita, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. So, first question, and I'm going to start very basic, Kavita. What is the full form of NFT? (laughs) This is a very basic show. So, like I said, I'm starting super basic. What is the full form of NFT? Non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible tokens. Fantastic. Now, breaking that down, um, first things first, what is a token? Let's start there. Uh, A token is like a point, right? It could be, I want to go very basic. A token could be a currency. A token could be a value which you promised. Uh, A token could be like a promise. You promise that it is going to have some value associated with it. Okay. And what is non-fungible? Non-fungible is something which you cannot duplicate. So for an example, Bitcoin or Ether, right? So... Three Bitcoins are still same Bitcoin. Their underlining principle is the same value system. They are same. So I'll give you one Bitcoin. You give me one Bitcoin. Doesn't matter. They are fungible token. They can be interchanged. Non-fungible tokens are the pieces which cannot be interchanged. So for an example, I have an art piece from X and I give it to you. Then you can, if you want to give me an art piece, you have to give me B or Y. Right, that is right. cannot be duplicated. Is what non-fungible sure. token is. Okay, so now this is where I get lost because here's here's the example I'm going to use. Here's the example I'm going to use is um, Jack Dorsey sold a tweet. Yes. Right, and I know, and I know, no, no, I can, I can see from your reaction. Um, that's probably an example you're tired of hearing because I feel like that's the one that people probably quote to you most in conversation, but. How does somebody sell a tweet? How does somebody sell a tweet for a lot of money? How is that thing in any way a non-fungible token? And what does that mean considering that I can still Google that Mm -hmm. Jack Dorsey tweet? Fair. So you can duplicate it. You cannot own it. It's like you have a digital media print. You can try to make as many copies of it, but you don't own it. The IP right still belongs to someone. So what Jack was doing is saying... This is my tweet. I own it. Thousand people across the globe can have the copy of it. But now instead of me owning it, somebody else owns it. If it does become a history or an archival value at some point, 100 years to 100 years later, then Jack cannot get any money out of it. Somebody can actually put it whomsoever bought it. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused, Rohan. And you're absolutely right. I still get a question about, hey, I, like my niece, uh, very funnily, I was asking me, she was like, so if I just draw a square and put my name on top of it and put it on NFT and somebody buys it uh, for five bucks, 10 bucks, I don't know. uh, What does that mean? She's like, I'll draw another square and I'll sell another square. Right, Right? fair question. (laughs) Yes, but the thing is, 
what she's doing, one, there are three things out here. One, when she sells it, that particular square and the way she has written her name or whatever is the IP right she's selling that now belongs to someone else. Now that person, when they resell it or do something, majority of the ownership is with them or whatever is the initial contract. She can create another piece and put it out. But if she's serious about it, if she's a serious artist, then she's putting similar pieces out in the market that after two or three times, there will not be a market for it. Right. Right. So, so I know NFT comes across as uh, like... I have done a 30-minute time as a deliverable NFT that, hey, I'm auctioning my 30-minute time as an NFT. Whomsoever buys it will get 30 minutes to chat with me. Uh, OpenSea founder Devin has done this. Uh, There are people who have done, put art pieces on NFT, but also, let's say, music NFTs nowadays, right? Four lines of some individual music on NFT. There could be uh, a funny TikTok video, which could be on NFT, Right. So at the end of the day, the way I think about it, yes, you can put all of those stuff on NFT. The question when somebody tell me whether they want to do NFT or not is, does the ownership make sense to you? And the chain of that ownership over time is going to be valuable enough. And secondly, uh, are you doing it for commercial purpose? Like you want to actually create a real market around it with your brand associated with it or are you doing it for fun then it's a different story so in a sense and again please correct me if I'm wrong we're sort of leaving the realms of like just pure technological this thing and going Mm -hmm. into where we're kind of in art market territory now Mm -hmm. which is where the value of the thing is just whatever people dictate it to be mm-hmm. um, in the sense that today, if I can still look up that Jack Dorsey tweet on um, the internet, then does that mean that all I've bought is the flex of the ownership of the tweet? And which um, is, which is, which is not to say mm-hmm. that, that there's anything wrong in that because a lot of art is flexing. So which of the two is it? Uh, think about Mona Lisa, right? There is a Mona Lisa in the museum. You can buy a ticket for $5 or something like that and go and see the Mona Lisa. But you don't own Mona Lisa. You cannot take it from that wall and put it at your house or put it whatever you want to do or resell it, right? I think if you want to just compare it with tweet, and I'm not saying Mona Lisa has anything to do with Jack Dorsey's tweet with respect to that. uh, But I don't know how internet is going to progress over time. Maybe there is an expectation, whomsoever bought it, whether it was for fun or whether it was a real investment, that after 50 years, 80 years, this will become something which will be a part of history, a part of archive. And you probably want to own it. Like a lot of letters of old from Gandhi and pre-freedom movements or different things, those letters get sold for really high value. It's not like they're not going to be digitalized at some point and you're not going to read the content of that letter online whenever you want to, but you don't own it. It's a collectible item, right? I think the confusion of the NFT from a lot of people comes between whether it should be for art or collectible items or deliverable items or anything can be on NFT. And then people start joking around, should I put my shirt on NFT? So, so, so to use the, the word you use, right? Owning it. 
so so owning an nft and i want to mm-hmm. talk specifically about ownership because what i'm trying to understand is when i own something in a way today if i own the things that aib made mm-hmm. i have the right to press for copyright whenever somebody wants to use that stuff etc but my understanding with nfts it's a little more complex than that um with a lot of the nfts that have been sold so far with nfts that exist in the market the ownership does not necessarily equate to copyright ownership in terms of what you can do with it the copyright still rests with say the original copyright holder in a lot of cases and this is so far obviously for existing nfts and this could change as things go forward so how much ownership is in the owning so a true nft or the place where it started from right is the idea that you are the creator you are the owner and you are putting your ownership right there which will help you to track it over time if the same piece changes hand 100 times 1000 times you can always look into the system and know at any given point of time who owns it at what value was it resold do you need to get some money out of it and everything settles on smart contracts immediately and in a transparent manner now of course everything over time technology has multiple layers to it and then different products start building up um so you could have let's say um i'm i'm taking an example of cricket because that's a religion in the country uh, let's say i take yuvraj singh's six sixes clip and i'm just throwing an example guys i'm like as per my understanding cricket is always I- great for analogies please <laughs> I don't know much about cricket so I hope I don't make a mistake and then well, I don't know much about NFTs so we're good <laughs> The crypto community is not that bad at trolling as uh, the cricket community could be but um so imagine six sixes of Yuvraj Singh right it's a historical sure. moment i remember it not even being a cricket person now Fair. we don't know with respect to copyright that youtube video of that six sixes how many people can claim the ownership right it could be bcci it could be icci it could be some other cricket regulatory body they probably have sold some rights to some tv channel to publish it then it's on youtube youtube is not really showing somebody must have taken that video from their cell phone so maybe it doesn't belong to any one of them we don't know what's the there could be different segments of that ownership right sure. so now this person who have probably shot it from their phone and now said hey it's mine i'm putting it on nft because this is my original video may or may not have copyright infringements but what happens in the smart contract and this is why i believe in a blockchain technology and what the potential of nft is is that let's say that puts it for $5 i buy it for $5 and tomorrow bcci comes and say hey we own 2% of it or 30% of it i don't know $2 out of it we can built into it in the system that next time it gets sold or something happens they get their churn if that is a legal way to do it and so we can have 100 different divisions of where the money is going in a very lifetime based on copyright issues and the ownership and we can continue to build on it so that in the future when things become clearer and clearer the ultimate goal is to bring the ownership the ip rights in the most transparent manner that's how i look right. at it is this something that then also helps with provenance for art provenance for art for land titling and if i may confuse you for another 2 minutes <laughs> or a please. minute uh please that is 90% of the reason i do this show <laughs> so just be confused 
<laughs> um, is fractional ownership, right? So I think this new, the so there are a lot of pieces which is going to be $100 million, $150 million or something. Uh, I cannot afford to buy a $150 million piece, but it is a piece I want to have a part of because it could be for my investable capital. It's going to grow as a fund. It could be something. Sure. So I can take the same uh piece of art, let's say a Hussein, and let's say if it's for $100 million, I can have a million dollar each from 100 people and have a fractional ownership associated with that piece. And I could say that every next time when it is going to get sold for 150 equal payment or percentage of your ownership equivalent is going to get distributed to these people. And I think that's a beauty of whether it's collectible, whether it's art pieces, the way we're going to bring a huge market, a decentralized tier two, three city, tier three city or a retail customers into it and have a profitability around it with very clear, with nobody telling you you're going to get money or not. It's transparent. If the deal happens, you're going to get it in your bank account immediately is the beauty of NFT. Right. So again, when you say ownership, I just want to be clear talking about the digital asset, not the physical piece. This is for a digital asset we're talking about. It could be both. <laughs> okay, let's let's get confused more. Uh, so, so then, then what's the difference between an NFT and a smart contract that just helps you honor the sale of a physical asset? See, at the end of the day, uh, the idea is ownership and the traceability of that ownership, right? So let's say I have a physical piece which already exists. The artist does like I have. V- I don't know, like one of Picasso's pieces, right? Now, Picasso is okay. not going to come and digitalize it or like the physical yep. piece is there, right? Of course, I can create a five copy of it. I own the original, do it. But let's say I want to sell the physical copy of it. I can still create an NFT, which is not a digital art, but just the ownership rights of that physical copy on that platform, right? And I can auction it right there with a digital copy of it, but that digital copy and physical copy are both is what you are getting. So I want to actually make it very clear that there are beautiful physical pieces. NFT doesn't mean that the physical pieces, sculptures are going to go out of business suddenly tomorrow and your house is just going to have screens which has digital pieces moving around. You can, the, the technology bottom line is the ownership and that can continue. Okay, so to to then come at it another way, when you buy a certain piece of art, you can display it, you can lend it to collections, you can do all of that. So this flex of this, and I'll come back to it until the day I die, the Jack Dorsey tweet. Where do I display this Jack Dorsey tweet that I bought? I want to display this this tweet. Rohan, are you getting money from Jack or something? I mean, from what I can tell, Jack is the one getting money from people for tweets. Um, not me. I'm not getting any money for this. But but yeah, to say say I have this, I want to put this. Where do I put this Jack Dorsey tweet up? Where am I displaying it? Where am I flexing it? Where where am I doing the wine and cheese evenings, showing off this Jack Dorsey tweet? Yeah. What do we do with it now? Shall we just buy it? I think owning it would make you a little happy. <laughs> I think I think it would. I think it would. But so where does it go? Does it go in a wallet? Does it go? Does it, mm-hmm. can I, can I like how you would lend a physical piece of art to a collection? Can you lend it? Can I, how do I, what all can I now do with this NFT that I own? There's a whole business which is slowly and slowly coming. So 
let's take an example and let's walk through everything what can happen, right? So yes. let's let's take your Jack Dorsey's tweet. So you <laughs> that tweet, uh, a digital piece is going to go into a wallet. So you receive it and then you download it from that wallet. You can download it on your computer. You can have a copy. Um, now you and can. This has to be an NFT compatible wallet, which not yeah. necessarily all blockchain wallets are. And most of the wallets are now suddenly because it's very Ethereum based sure. and now different chains are coming into it are very collectible. Otherwise, I can send one or one from the platform. So whether it's Nifty Gateway, whether it's like Rare Arts, Tada, uh, like in India, we have a couple of exchanges, but then Terrain, uh, Terrain.art is coming up. So I right. think... They, they give you the compatible wallet directly. You download the wallet, you get it down and uh, you have your NFT. Now, once you have that NFT, you yourself can make thousand copies of it. That's not a point, but you won't be able to sell it into the market because a sort of your IP right belongs to the original NFT, which is encoded on the blockchain with a QR code. Just to simplify it, I'm like... Sure. Uh, with a essentially like a strand of DNA in there that says this is the yeah. real one. These are all clones. And yeah. hence, these do not have the same value as this. This is the actual paint Leonardo da Vinci used. This is just the photographic representation of the paint Leonardo da Vinci used. Exactly. Now, once you have it, it's an asset, right? And you can do anything what you want to do with an asset. You want to actually lend it. There is a whole lending component of NFTs coming up. So let's say I have Jack Dorsey tweet. Now I realize that you are crazy about it. I'll be like, hey, Rohan. You can go and tell everybody you have it for a month and so I'm going to take one, <laughs> one tenth of it for send the money, Rohan. So <laughs> uh, give me 10 ethers and you can have it for a month. But after the month, the IP right is back to me. You can have the ownership for a month, which is non-selling ownership, which is like a rental, right. like a house rental thing. Right. I can't you, sell it forward. Yeah, you can't sell it forward. Now... Uh, so there is a lending market to it. There is also investable market to it. Where Do I get my I, pennies back when you get the ownership back? No, no, that's used. That's done. Don't Party you dare already. scam me. How dare you scam me? <laughs> I've, I've sniffed your scam. <laughs> uh, send me either the addresses below. Sorry. Um, so... The other thing which you can do is the way hedge funds do asset classes. There is art uh, uh, classes, right? So they take a lot of pieces together, some low value, some high value, and they put different funds, which are tracker funds or which are selling funds. Nobody owns those pieces like the mortgage-backed security funds you invest in, right? You don't own that property, but you just get the return based on the valuation the, of the property if it goes up. So there are art funds like that. So now all these NFTs gets into that, the, the tracker gets built up and people really invest into those things. Uh, so there's a lending market, there's an investing market. And now with the whole DeFi revolution, you can literally have NFT, which you can work on DeFi for same thing like hedging, lending, yielding, etc, etc. I mean, if you go back to 2017, when the crypto kitties came, what you were doing was literally farming, right? You were having like a cat and a dragon and then let them blend with yeah. each other. You have a new one and now you own that one. So you can now sell it further. So you're people who don't know crypto kitties was a blockchain based, I'd like the easiest way I can describe it was blockchain Tamagotchi. Um, and the difference being that you could you could raise all these crazy creatures, you could sell them and buy them. And it's a thing. Crypto kitties, Google it because that's the internet. 
crypto kitties put the whole ethereum network down for a day or two because the market like everybody just got into it the network was not even able to support it that's wild <laughs> there's, there's, it's almost like it, it's almost like the stupider the idea the more the internet will go for it as long as you can put a cat in it it's amazing <laughs> not only youtube even ethereum suffered because of cute cat pictures <laughs> That's amazing. Every technology will change. Cats will endure. This yeah. is what we know. Okay. Now that we've learned, now you've told me all these exciting things. And uh, now that I know that Jack Dorsey's tweet can get that much cash, I have decided that I would like to get money for my tweets or some other subsequent brilliant things that I would create. How do I as an artist, how do I create an NFT? How do I make an NFT? How do I art an NFT? Um, very easy. Today, I think, there's so many platforms. By the way, if you ever put anything from AIB, I'll be the first one to bid because I've been such a huge fan of you guys. Can't tell you. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. We have many tweets and videos. Many. <laughs> I'm I'm bidding. That's where a couple of my ethers gonna go, man. Shit. But anyways, so I think it's very easy. Pick any of your platform, whether it's Nifty Gateway, whether it's Super Air. If you are just drawing, then Dada is another platform, right? So pick up a platform which is an originator to launch if you are doing a couple of them while creating an account. I think nowadays, technology is not what you need to understand. All you need to understand is, of course, you need to understand the concept of crypto wallet associated with it, whether you're doing a MetaMask wallet or you're doing different wallets to it. So you go to, let's say, Nifty Gateway, you create your account, you literally upload a picture which you want to, which which is your art piece. If it's a drawing, you're creating it on their platform. You sort of... Uh, vouch that it belongs to you, it's not someone else's piece, etc, etc. You're responsible for it. And that's it. And then the platform creates immediately a smart contract based on the triggers you have suggested them with 100% coming to you, you're dividing money with your co-artist, whatever. And uh, the other thing which I usually tell artists, and few of them have started using it. Another thing you can build on your smart contract is to say that Every time this particular piece gets resold, secondary market, tertiary market, you still get 10% back as an original creator. You can build it, guys, right. own your pieces for it. So you create your triggers, you put it in, the system creates a smart contract, send it to you, like a legal contract, you accept it. You are doing plain English language things. And voila, and it's open and it asks you when do you want to be on and when do you want your auction period to be. Then you have to create your marketing campaign around it. You know, that's completely on you and you have to make it easy for a lot of buyers and finders at the places to um, to come and notice you. So that's complete PR. Uh, once your pieces are auctioned, it's out. You can choose to have it on multiple platforms at the same time. You can choose to have it only one place. And then over time, you can go to the secondary market. So a lot of times people ask me, oh, it's secondary market. Somebody has to buy it and then put it on secondary market. No, not true, actually. Um, you could, You may have, let's say, a digital cat with three pieces. Just throwing right. an example. There are three copies sure. of it for the lifetime of that digital cat. You can put for one piece on digital auction. One piece, you put it directly that it's another available. And secondly, you directly put it on the secondary market. When I say secondary market, it's just the platform like open seas of the world. Right. Because there is a lot of hedging and betting and a lot of hedge funds are now coming out there to see different pieces to make create their whole basket. So there's a lot happening in the space and it's very easy for artists to do it. So don't 
don't be shy because that you have to be, you have to code. You don't have to code. Okay. You don't have to code. You just have to go out there and you have to trust that somebody else will code and you can do it in simple English language. Yes. Just make sure your crypto wallet, whatever you use is something you understand well. That's it. That is something that you need to know. Okay. That's good to know. And so one sort of final question is who can make an NFT? If Jack Dorsey can do it, you and I can do it. (laughs) It's true. This is true. If that is the case, uh, in that case, I think the, if Jack Dorsey's tweet can get that much money, and I have let this topic go until now, but uh, in my research of Kavita, I found out that she has her own tweet where she has been trolled by Kamal Arkhan. And I feel like if ever, if ever there was an NFT. <laughs> I know. Shahrukh tweeted at me, that's not going to be an NFT. Kamal Arkhan no, no, told not. me that's going to be an NFT. <laughs> It's the internet. Cats and KRK. That's how it works. Those are the rules. I don't make them. I just play by them. Cats are very much loved. I just want to underline. I don't know about the latter. This is great. So, Kavita, before I let you go, I would just like to try and sum up uh, as the idiot in this podcast what I've understood about NFTs so far. We are looking at tokens that are unique in that if you own them, you own a one-piece thing that is not interchangeable with other tokens. And thus, these because these tokens are unique, they essentially take on the dimension of art. And as a result of which, art can be used as these tokens, pieces of art. These tokens can essentially be pieces of art. And thus, they have their own value. They have their own ecosystem in terms of ownership, copyright. That entirely depends on what's been negotiated at the start of the initial sale. And uh, there's money to be made. There's money to be made. That's that. That's what I'm getting from this so far. Money to be made. And I think I want to underline this coming from the technological background uh, is you will have that ownership that that royalty is going to go to your kids, to your grandkids. You're leaving a legacy behind. Unless you lose your wallet keys. In which case? <laughs> in which case? It's that just a really sad not story. Happy with you. No, he will not. He will not be happy at all. Um, But I'm very happy because I feel like at the end of this conversation, I understand NFTs a lot better than I did before we started. I'd be lying if I said I understand them 100%. But I can say with confidence, I understand them about as much as I understand the art market. So I'm going to give them as much of the benefit of the doubt. And I think the art market is doing pretty well for itself. So with that, Kavita, thank you so much for clearing it up. And I hope we can have you on this podcast again soon to talk about other things because it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, Rohan. I'm waiting for a kick-ass tweet NFT from you and a really awesome clip from AIB. And I'm a bit of... Working on it. Working on it.